perspectives, different views, one voice. All right, so welcome to the LDM Perspective. Uh, so on this episode, we are talking about the coronavirus. Corona. Is it overhyped? Yeah, I know in these past few days, as everybody's been moving around, trying to get their bread and butter, the shelves are empty. Can't get nothing at all. And it's just a carnage left behind. Um, and, 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 and do we feel that it's just some big kind of overreaction? Or is there a genuine Im- imminent threat that we should all be preparing ourselves for and kind of be in constant um, worry? Um, so yeah, the coronavirus. So this, this is a virus that displays flu, flu-like symptoms and is detected, and it was first detected in China in December 2019. Uh, the virus was strongly linked to a market in Wuhan uh, that sells seafood and different animal meats. The coronavirus started to spread from animals to humans that had consumed their meats and then now it's spread all over the world globally. Um, so in this episode, you've got myself, Mo, and I'm joined by my co-host. Kojo. And uh, we've also got a special guest, Manira. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, we're just all going to basically just talk about what we've noticed, what we've seen, and just kind of disseminate any myths and identify the facts about the coronavirus because uh, I know there's so much fake news going around saying this, saying that. Um, we just want to kind of help our community be on the same wavelength and then you can react how you feel. Um, so we're not kind of dictating as to whether you should take it more seriously or less seriously, but just more hear the information and what would you want to do with that? And I, I guess a one-liner in this is that we're not health professionals. We're just talking about it from our standpoint yeah. and the facts and myths that we've covered out there in general so we're not saying that anything now go and seek help if you do have any of these symptoms that we're going to discuss <laughs> good to point that out mate that yeah way. yeah that's true um so yeah with a coronavirus um the symptoms that you may see or display are fever um flu-like symptoms so that's sore throat coughs headaches uh, muscular pain difficulty in breathing uh pneumonia is one kidney failure and it's more likely to heavily affect those that are older and with weak immune system more you'll get more stronger symptoms as opposed to milder ones so yeah um ways that you can protect yourself from the coronavirus is wash your hands thoroughly for at least around 30 seconds Um, do not put your hands around your mouth your eyes and your nose area if it's dirty Avoid at all costs any physical contacts with people displaying signs of infection. Um, Clean and disinfect all objects constantly that you use, as well as sanitizing all services that you are in contact with. And make sure you cover your mouth when you sneeze and cough and use tissue and dispose of it yourself and throw it in the rubbish bin. The NHS also advised to cough... Um, in your elbow if you don't have tissue yeah so that's the inside of your elbow yeah, yeah? like you're doing a, a dab a dab you know so it's crazy I went out um, last night and um, I know a lot of people 
were doing this kind of like elbow dab yeah. instead of handshaking or spudding like <laughs> when they'd meet someone they go yeah yeah you did you're right uh, little elbow touch <laughs> now I went out I went out last night as well but yeah, it affected the event that I went to because it was a little turnout because of this whole coronavirus so yeah so this is the book yeah and there are some extracts in this this is not the agenda anyway. I'll let you carry on man because this is came out no no what's the book but it's called um, it's by author Dean Coons I think you pronounce the name and it's called the eye, the eyes of darkness. Mm. Yeah, it's fiction. It's fiction, yeah. And okay. there is so if you go to the other image, there is like an extract where there's been, it's been circled where he oh. talks about this kind of disease. So in around twenty twenty, yeah. a severe, phenomenal like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial. What is it, bronchial? Oh. It was published in eighty one. Oh. And resisting all treatments. A Chinese scientist. And remember, it mentions Wuhan. I saw in that. <laughs> <laughs> so the book is very accurate in terms of the similarities of the coronavirus. Perspectives, different views, one voice. All right. I just thought um, we'd also share some interesting facts about the coronavirus. Um, so the coronavirus is not airborne, yeah? Just so we can clarify that to anyone, it is not airborne, as in it's not going to be travelling through the air and people are just going to breathe it in um, if someone's got it in the middle of the room or anything like that. But they say what, normally, what, six feet? So what they're saying is the way of catching it is through close contact. So this could be someone sneezing and let's say the droplets of their cough or sneeze is sprayed on you um, so they say this can normally happen if someone is within six feet of that person that is sneezing or coughing um, so yeah just just make sure that people cover their mouths you know, but basic but, stuff. Basic stuff you should be doing. I just feel like, like, yeah, this is like, all what, normal what, what, I don't stuff get it. you do yeah, anyway. People, look, you could be on, a, a, on a bus or a train, and people are sneezing all over the place without covering themselves. Listen, yeah. what, one thing that I've clocked on the buses Seriously. now is that there's spare space. No one's trying to sit next to each no other. No one's trying to sit next to each other, and no one's trying to talk on the phone either. Everyone's like zombies on us. Okay, well, I don't, I don't like sitting in close proximity anyway, so it's kind of. You know, I'm like, great, I've got a bit more space. But there is an air of tension where, yeah. like, people are looking at you, like, mm. are you rubbing your nose? Are you, are you, are you, is that tissue? Like, it's like, yo, chill out. Why don't you <laughs> chill. T- and, and that's the thing when you mention that, because I've been on the tube and someone has sneezed and I couldn't help it, even though I know a lot of these things that are going on. But I'm looking at the person like, Look, catch it with something, didn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not saying that you're infected or anything, but come on, man. Like, catch it with something. Like, don't spread your germs like that. And this is what I'm saying. And I feel like a lot of people are being, are looking out more for stuff like this. So if someone sneezes or so, you might think that, oh, does he have it? Even if they were to catch it and all those kind of stuff, man. So it's still kind of that little fear that's going around and how that has actually infiltrated, infiltrated our subconscious. And how we start acting upon that. Yeah. But you know, there's like allergic sneezes. So yeah, I'm like, not disputing that. But so bruv, why would not, I want to know no, that no, you're allergic the, to something? No, no, but an allergic sneeze is so impulsive, you may yeah. not necessarily cover your mouth or whatever, like, because it acts so mm. quickly. Like, I don't know, someone's perfume, there's an mm. ingredient in it I'm allergic to, and you just sneeze. Yeah. Straight. No, what you're saying is yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm yeah. saying is the practical terms I think... of what people are seeing. 
don't but, care whether you're allergic to something. But, you just sneeze and everything. But I think, good, but I think, but I also think there's danger in in starting to impose on what other people should do in Definitely. in your presence. Yeah. I say that only because, and it's similar to what you're saying. Because going back to you know sociology, right? There's one guy called Foucault. Yeah. He talks about something called micropower. So you know how prisons are made, and there's like a watchtower in the middle. Yeah. And the theory behind that, the architectural theory is actually, rather than have like um, prison, like guards everywhere, if you have this and they feel watched, they will start to discipline themselves. Yeah. Do you get it? And like, I feel like this is what people are kind of doing. Like, they're controlling themselves in a way almost, where it's like, it's not natural anymore. Like, you, you are enforcing a, a... It's not that it is... I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's like, I think it's a little bit dangerous because then it's like you almost become the surveillance of someone else's body and how they should move. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, but in the, in the time of... But yeah. And, and I'm, I always play devil's advocate, though. In the sense that... Yeah. Is that not needed, though? You kind of... If you want to contain no. it and you don't want it to spread... But what happens... How do you contain it without having, but, without having to self-police but what happens, and see what, what happens? What happens when you add prejudice to that? That's what I want to know. What happens when you add prejudice to it? Because I had a conversation yesterday with someone. He was putting out one of the local people in my, in my community from, from East Africa, Zimbabwe. Mm. He said he was putting out something in the bin yeah. and someone came out and said, are you going to wash... What are you going to do with that? Are you going to... Are you going to... Da, 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 da. Mm. And I'm thinking... And I'm, I'm seeing this because, you know, and other people have reported, you know, seeing Chinese people and moving yeah, away and running yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I get it because we're only thinking about ourselves mm. Similar to what we said, put someone else, put yourself in that other person's mm. shoe. Would you want to be policed in that way? If people, because then it becomes into the politics of hygiene. Who's hygienic and who's not? Yeah, but doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't this already feed into existing issues that we have in the community already? Anyway, in this country, especially when it comes to like Islamophobia, I think we discussed it in one of our conversations. Where even when you're on the train and you might see someone that is coming from prayers, I know how people might see them. Because they might say, oh, is he about to do something or whatever it is. And I think that one thing we have to be very careful of is that how some of these things play on our subconscious. And it's not necessarily that we act on it, but once we see stuff, it's almost like it triggers a thought process in our head. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and I think so for me, the without going off too much base, because I know you want to go back to it, but I think just for me, the baseline is like, stop trying to control people. Because, because... That starts a power dynamic that is very problematic. Mm. You only do that to someone that you think you can do that to. Do you get it? You're not going to go up to the politician that shakes your hands and be like, did you wash, did you wash your hands? You're not going to do that. Sure. You're only going to... Some gonna... people are 100, you know. Some people will be like... <laughs> some people, <laughs> some people, <laughs> some people, <laughs> some people... Pasta, but whatever you are, man. are you shaking your hand? Some people, but most people will do it to someone they see as below them. And that's true. <laughs> that's the bottom line mm. that they think they can do it to or they do, I saw someone, a disabled person come on the bus the other day everyone was like and he looked maybe not the most clean everyone's just there standing looking at him no one's helping I'm seeing these things a little bit more and I'm thinking I'm not really comfortable with this mm. I, I obviously you know my politics I'm there I'm for the people and blah 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 but at the same time I'm thinking sorry scientific racism started off this everyone thought it was science eugenic mm. theory yeah. da, 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 all of this it was all quote unquote based on a hierarchy of who was seen as more this and more that and I think when it comes to 
disease-ridden stuff, sorry, as a people, we have been stigmatized. We have to recognize that. Yeah. And other people are stigmatized. Yeah. yeah. No, I get you. But I sorry, you go back that. to your team, sorry. But I mean, I know um, now we understand that it's not airborne. Mm. I also want to confirm that face masks do not protect you from coronavirus. Yeah, yeah but I must say, well, yeah. I must say well, I should face mask, though, man. Why? It just no, creates no, no, fear no, no, and panic. The thing was... Sorry, go on. Let me carry on. So the face mask is mainly for those who have the coronavirus to stop them from spreading it. It acts as a barrier right. to stop their yeah. cough or sneeze. Right. Yeah. So if you're wearing it... I'm saying. No, because if more people are wearing it, it, was, it was sends out the signal that more people have it. No, yeah. So then, be responsible. Be protected, no, you won't Someone be protected. Okay, it okay, doesn't, right, he just said it doesn't protect you. Okay, okay, listen. Are you listening? Do you want to keep your... Are you being dogmatic and wanting to keep your point in line? Or are you taking into account the point that he has just made and I'm responding to it? I'm taking into account this point, though. But his point stipulates that it's your gem, so it acts as a barrier. So if you cough or you sneeze, it stops that sprayed right. whatever. So if you could contain yourself and not spread that, and everyone is wearing it, then of course this could be contained. Because that means that if you sneeze, that sneeze, whether I'm two feet or whatever away from you, it does not matter. Anymore. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. Isn't it? Don't but get do you something want, about this. But do you want, <laughs> I'm only playing the, the role the, the, of the, the people that spin. But I was Just actually coming coming in today, and I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, nice. yes, it creates this sense of fear that everyone has got it. But if everyone was to wear it, then it's going to limit the spread of no, the because it's going to make it will. It no, will. It yes, will. It will. If, if everyone wears it, if everyone wears it, it, will it definitely it. will. And, but and, then you just because your germ stays with you. But. Okay, all right, let me play. Yeah, I'm not going to play yeah, this. I'm going to flip it, yeah? I'm going to flip it. All right, that resolves that issue. However, it starts another issue. Everyone is wearing masks. Who's got it? Who hasn't? When you stop wearing the mask, I thought you were wearing the mask the other day. Have you got it? Right? So sometimes you have to be creative. You have to think, wait. And, when, when, and what happens? Because the thing is, you wear it to protect yourself if you've got it. If you're wearing it and you ain't got it, you're signal, signaling that you've got it. Ha, have you gone to check if you've got it? No, 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 no. Hear what I'm saying, yeah? Okay. Because what we're forgetting is the role of the health professionals and the medicals yeah. and all of this. Yeah. How do they di- diagnose the problem? Mm. How do they do it? They're going to say, look, we've got everyone wearing masks. The whole nation has got it. Mm. It's an epidemic. Mm. World end. Mm. Shut down everything. Where, where, where? Mm. So I think with these things, I get... I think it's hard to see in isolation because, like I said, some of the Scandinavian countries, they are, you know, they've closed down uh, business as usual, or business and, and lots of different things. They're saying everyone stay at home. But people are fleeing, people are panicking, people are fighting. People are doing mad stuff because they think it's everywhere. So for me, and especially, you know, coming from a country that's always in a state of fear, I think we have to question, look, do you want to live in a society that's based on a state of fear where it's... Uh, Everyone against everyone, and, and Daily Mail are saying the elderly have to self isolate, and everyone's like, Char. And they're saying, and people are calling, I love you. And do you want to do that? Do we want to do that in, the, in that process? It's, it's, it's one of because, of, because do you know enough about it? Mm. Do we know enough about it to sacrifice all of those things yet? Mm. And that's why I say, you know, we say we envy the ones that just do the, but is that not highly problematic? Because everyone's trying to come up with the best strategy. And you've lost the togetherness and the collectiveness so, so, in the so process. Definitely, I, I Sorry. <laughs> saying, but there is, there is a train of thought because. Because um, everyone's buying in bulk. Governor. I'm a parent governor, so obviously there's schools that 
I'm, a, I'm governing for, we had to make a decision as in what line do you actually take with this whole coronavirus and oh, shit. Um, schools and all this kind of stuff. And obviously, we're taking on the whole public health England and what the government is saying about that. But the thing that you have to bear in mind, and some parents disagree, actually. So yeah. I was in a parent meeting on Friday, and some parents feel that the, the government are not reacting to this. They're not taking preventative measures in good time. And sometimes they might relate to that as in what's been happening in Italy, where like, shutdown kind of stuff. This is what some people feel like the government needs to be doing. So obviously, when, when you look at that, and I feel like for me, if that such decision is taken now, it's creating more fear. But they, I don't think they would do that here. That's point, a, that's, that's a, Italy is a, is a, reason, a, what's the economy of Italy? No, but then the only reason shit. why this country, when Boris Johnson, because I was reading behind it, what some of the um, so-called leading scientists in this country, what their advisory team uh, have been saying, is because we're not really at that we're in the infancy of this coronavirus in regards to the number of cases. They see this happening in the next 6 to 13 weeks or something where it will be more heightened. And they feel like when it's more heightened, where there's more people affected, is when they might actually put this whole thing about working from home or not going out. Because now, if you were to say to people to actually stay in their houses, they might have to stay in their house for about 13 weeks, for 12 weeks. Because exactly. Yeah. So, so what so, happens? So, so, so what happens? Exactly. Exa- exactly. Yeah. So what happens when you signal it too soon? Oh, I feel. I feel like when you're by the time you're by the that. time by the time I exactly. I'll just say to everyone to wear. Um, no, because a, but 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 the problem is but the. It's a bit. Do you get do you get what I'm saying? Because you're, you're you're more you're more looking at it in terms of the imagery of how. Yeah, she's talking about the fear that that will be perceived. Because that's your health, psychological health. Because um, I know you mentioned well, yeah. in regards to Italy, and mm. we're talking about the face masks and that and the coughing and sneezing. But in Italy, of their actual coronavirus cases that they found, 45% of them that were tested and found positive with the virus showed no s- minimal or no s- symptoms for having it. Yeah, but even, yeah, so but what, what's even, the even, test even, measures then? No, <laughs> in, in Italy, yeah. So Italy, now, because when you talk about these symptoms, it's true that you could talk about those symptoms, but sorry, someone mm. could be actually suffering and they have no symptoms. No idea, yeah. Definitely so what is but it? When you look at the case of Italy... Not suffering, infected. Infected, I should say. Yeah. Yes. So let's be clear in our language. Be clear. Let's <laughs> be clear. Because <laughs> suffering, suffering suggests that you are affected by yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And... What was it you said? Infected with the Infected virus. suggests that you have something that we're not sure about yet. Yeah, yeah which might right? not actually be doing anything to you. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, with Italy, when you look at the it- that it- it- Italy case, when they first tested the people that had it, they sent them home. They sent the nurses home. They sent everyone home and then called them back in. So by the time that they called them back in, that spread had already... And Italy were not even aware that it was actually spreading yeah. before some of these cases were even mentioned. So hence the reason why they got to a point where... It was very difficult to understand who has it and who doesn't have it because it, was, it had already spread before the government was even aware of putting some sort of measures in place to try to control it. But how did they know that it spread? They didn't know. I think they did. So how do we know if so it's still spread? People, obviously, look, the, the thing with the coronavirus is that it could be spreading. It is spreading as we speak. According to whom? According to the symptoms around this. Because if. if, if but if, people if, are not showing symptoms, okay, is what so Moses is saying. The facts. Yeah. Is that what you just said? Yeah. So if people aren't showing symptoms, right? Yeah. And if you're not showing symptoms and you're infe- you're infected, so what's the so my question are... is what's the measurement? Is it low immune system, which many people have? I, I'm I'm just being real. Like, what? How do you measure what it is? 
What do you no, mean? no. So they have they, the, so they have tests that yeah. they carry out that yeah. will confirm whether you have yeah. the virus yeah. or not. Okay. So this is irrelevant of whether you're showing symptoms or whatever. It's like if you have a blood test and the blood test will tell you your right. blood type B or blood type such. Right, right. Yeah. So they have the tests in Italy right. where they were testing people. It could be random. It could be an office where one case was found and yeah. they'll test the office. And then they'll find that 50% of the people actually do have it in the office, yeah. mm. but they're not showing no symptoms no at all or nothing. Mm. And that's how it's been passed off. Yeah, and, and she might not be showing any symptoms. She might feel like there's nothing happening with you, but all this time you might be passing it on. Yeah, but then could that mm. then add to mm. people's general hygiene then? Perspectives, different views, one, one voice. voice. Do you understand? Because you're not coughing, you're not sneezing. It's just generally you're going around touching yeah, up yeah. people, whatever, or touching objects, mm. but you're not washing yeah, your, hands you wash your hands and right? stuff like that. And yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So I think that is more the concern, is mm. people should be actually carrying out the hygiene practices mm. in terms I of agree. washing your hands I agree. more constantly, regularly, I agree. and not touching your face and that. that That's would... very difficult. I like touching my face. Yeah? I actually found that now that I've heard not touching your face, I've actually been quite mindful of how often I actually do touch my face yeah. without realising. Yeah. I'll just be doing that, doing whatever it but is. But what happens in relationships is what I'm I interested know. in. Exactly. I told because... my to kiss me. <laughs> this is, this, I'm more interested in these things because I'm like, I'm like, this, yo, okay. Why would you, uh, I, I hear you, I hear it, yeah. I totally hear it, I get it. I just think, look, we don't know what it is yet. It's a virus. Most people recover from it, is what you're saying. Yeah. Everyone, most people have recovered from it. The ones that don't have really weak immune systems and... Oh, over 70. Over 70, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like, I think we, we talk about the physical health. We don't talk about the mental health a lot. And what happens to a family when it starts to break down? And what happens to a grandson that's not able to see his grandmother who thinks she's dying and she's by herself? You know, what happens to... Uh, friends that are from different ethnic groups, but one person saw the other person cough, and now that person is, is being told, you, you stay in your house, stigma, stigma labelling. You know, what happens when we say, you know, that, that, that the police uh, can surround one per, an elderly or whoever thinks has had it, and no one is able to bring food or blah, blah, blah. What happens then? Those are the things I'm interested in because those are the things we're doing to ourselves or we allow but in, in our complete and total trust. Um, we just spoke about protest and rioting and did a day and we spoke about the, the role of a government, but now all of a sudden we have total trust. Yeah. So what would, you, what would you say then? Hmm? What would you say? Because on one level, um, especially because with this coronavirus, anyone that has underlying health, health conditions, so it doesn't have to be someone that's over 70 or the elderly... Um, because of their immune system kind of challenges that that could be um, if they are infected with it it could lead to them actually passing so so I'm saying so can how do you build your immune system when you're by yourself and people saying don't go out don't exercise don't do these things how do you I'm saying currently in the situation that we find ourselves in yeah if if we're saying that self-quarantining or self-isolation because of some of the stuff that could definitely I work with I've worked with elderly people in regards to the job that I did um, working for Dialeride, where you provide um, transportation for people that might find it difficult on mainstream transport and mm. um, door-to-door service. So mm. I definitely know some of the challenges that the elderly mm. face, mm. where some of them have not been outside the house for like two weeks 
And sometimes they might give that call. They just need some food. They just need someone to go out and get that. So I know those challenges that are there. Um, and I definitely agree with whatever that you're putting in place. I more believe that whatever that you're putting in place, you need to be aware of the impact that could have on a certain group of people yeah. and make mm, sure that you provide mm, the services to yeah. support those kind of people. I agree um, that. that. That's one thing I'll say. I won't say that, and I understand I'm definitely one of these people to say, you don't trust our government because we even had a conversation around the whole Brexit and the referendum and people are saying there should be a second thing and I was saying, why would you trust the government to even inform you mm. and give you the right information? That's on one hand, but on the other hand, if this thing is happening as it's meant to be happening, then the question would be how do you contain it? And even on the containment side, it's about individually, what do we do to support the people that are going to need it the most? So if you have a grant, and even going back to the school, part of the, I spoke to the head, and part of the decision-making process was to say, if you were to close down the schools, these kids have to go back home. Some of the parents might need to go back to work. There might be the grandparents that are looking after these kids. And kids are at the low, um, what's the word? Low, uh, like they're, they're not going to show any symptoms yeah, they're or something. they're the least um, affected kind of group um, that you might even have. And they might be passing this on to their grandparents. So you're actually making a decision to shut down the school could actually cause more of a pandemic than yeah. you actually, because you're thinking that you're yeah, containing yeah, it. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and then what does that actually look like? So in regards to a decision that needs to be made, there has to be more thought process around 100%. the impact around it, rather yeah. than just making a decision to say, do A, do B, do C kind of stuff. And in all fairness, I must say, I feel that is the direction like that the, right the, UK the UK government, government is doing yeah. right now. Yeah. They're not just yeah. jumping yeah. to yeah. any jumping. No. decision and yeah. stuff. Um, but go through your list of um, interesting facts about coronavirus. After. Yeah, so I know one of them that some people may not be aware of is that it men tend to be more affected than women. It's the man flu, man. What do you want? By, the, by the coronavirus. And um, this stems... Estrogen has protective effect. Yeah, so this, this stems from um, basically the scientists that were experimenting on animals. And they basically used estrogen as a protective effect. So they would put more estrogen in certain animals and found that they had less symptoms. And the animals that had less estrogen had worse symptoms. And then I know with a lot of the figures from um, all the cases for the coronavirus at the moment, um, they found that a lot of the confirmed, confirmed deaths are a lot higher amongst the male population than the female population. Do you mind for our audience just stating where you got some of your facts from? Yeah. Um, so this is from the World Meters Info on coronavirus. So this is based on from March the 12th, 2020. So all this information is from that one? Yeah, okay. from this one website. Okay. So www.worldometers.info slash coronavirus. And you can go there and it's constantly updated. They get all the information from the wealth organizations and all the health um, organizations so of each plugged, all, the, all the health organizations that the NHS are plugged into, that, yeah. so they directly can see the figures that are coming from. Yeah, they feed okay. it all into there. And um, so what they found in terms of, of all the death rate cases, they found that 2.8% were male and 1.7% was female. It does say here, though, that please do not inject yourself with estrogen 
You yes. Know, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. You know, says, please <laughs> so, don't take estrogen injections or pills. Yeah, because so, it's not for any man that's any man. <laughs> protective, him, please, please don't do it because that's not going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, when did they do these experiments? That's what I, when you said the experiments, I said, why were the scientists experimenting with this thing? Because it started from animals, from my understanding, in the so, whole so war horn and stuff like that. So, to the point oh. then, you're saying that since the case in China, that's when they started doing these experiments then? Yeah, or were they doing it before? Oh, before. I, would have, I would have thought before. Right. Because it was stemmed from the animals. Which yeah. Is uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's something that they said it's always been there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. any men out there, just be extra careful because it will affect you more. Perspectives, different views, one voice. Um, and yes, yeah, so I wanted to highlight mainly talk then about the whole fake news stuff and any silly myths out there. Um, I know one of them being the whole black people I mean to coronavirus from this article that's been going around and um, from my understanding of that article it's based on one individual person and what they noticed in him having some kind of tolerance or resistance to his recovery but that doesn't necessarily mean all black people in that sense Um, and because I know there's one myth because there are so many low cases in Africa they think that the coronavirus cannot be transmitted in hot or high humidity countries, which is also um, nonsense. <laughs> to a certain extent, but then it goes back to the point where you say about how much is actually known about the coronavirus. Yeah. Mm. And so I think to a certain extent, what people are saying, and this is where the problem comes with fake news, isn't it? And it's with stats, what, what part of it you want to lean towards. Mm. Because in a part of that whole warm spring temperatures, the slowdown of even the flu, because the flu is seasonal. And yeah. the reason why it's seasonal is because of that same fact. It, it doesn't survive in a high temperature kind of environment. So people were using that same kind of thing to say that if the flu behaves in that way, then the coronavirus might behave in that um, certain way. So I was looking at this part, just looking through your myths, to actually read up about this whole kind of environmental kind of conditioning behind coronavirus. And I think one point that they made, though, is that, can I scientifically explain this? I don't think I can, but I'll try. What they did mention about the sneeze is that when you do sneeze, let me look for that point, actually. Let me read from what this um, professor said regarding. So I'm not trying to say what you're saying is wrong, Mm. but in regards to what we know at the moment, we can't necessarily qualify or disqualify that, that specific point because we don't know too much about it. No, but the, the, the statement is that coronavirus cannot be transmitted in areas of hot, humidity yeah, climates, yeah. and that's false. Mm. It can be. Whether the levels may be higher or lower, that's a different argument. But to say that you won't get it if you go and move back in Africa is nonsense, because you can still get it there. Same way as I've had the cold before when I've been in... Uganda. Cool, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I get that. So they say the sunlight can help break down viruses that have been transmitted to surfaces. So I guess the scientists use the whole UV light and how they use UV light in regards to in, in the whole um, kind of um, general cleanliness and all those kind of stuff to make that point. But there was a point that they made regarding how those particles, when someone sneezes, how they travel. Yeah. And because of the exposure to the sun, uh, I'll look for it. I'll let you carry on, but I'll look for that point. I, I thought it was interesting just yeah. to point that out because there is a lot of information, but it's okay. 
And yeah, so another one is hand dryers are effective at cleaning, at killing the coronavirus. Because they're hot. Yeah, <laughs> which is nonsense. <laughs> a hand dryer will not kill the virus. You still need to wash your hands with soap and water. Just wash your hands. <laughs> and, you know, don't think you can just run to the dry client, the hand dryer, and just dry it off, and it will go. It's not true. Um, and antibiotics do not work on viruses. They only work on bacteria infections. So don't think you can try and pill up on... the one with the alcohol and stuff can kind of... Yeah, so well, the other one is... Alcohol. <laughs> That's what spraying alcohol and um, chlorine all over your body will not kill the virus. Are people doing this? Yeah. But that's and, what I'm saying about fear, bro. Let's come on, and guys. And the reason, the reason why it doesn't work by just putting it on your body is because the virus may have already entered you. And once it's entered you, then you spraying yourself with the alcohol on the outside isn't helping yeah. the inside, if you get what I mean. I feel like we have to have some biology or health lessons <laughs> in schools. No? There's something about what you do on the outside and what's happening on the inside of your body, no? Yeah. yeah. Like, if you... Is, Wait, are you saying chlorine? That's like basically bleaching agents, no? No, it's like, no, you know when you go swimming? Oh, yes, yeah, chlorine. Oh, chlorine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People are doing um, that outside. So some people might think, oh, let me just go dive in the local pool, innit? <laughs> and I'm not going to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. But um, one, one also thing to mention is that there hasn't been any fatalities of any children under the age of 10. Hmm. Um, and it may not affect them the way it, the way it would adults. Mm. But one thing you have to be mindful of, even though children may not be affected by the coronavirus, they can still be carriers of it. Yeah, 100%. So, mm. yes, the child is not going to harm them or hurt them, but they could be carrying it and expose mm. other adults to it who would then mm. develop the symptoms. And would it be fair to compare this to a flu or a cough or flu? Let's say a flu. Definitely, is that fair? Because it is basically a variation of a flu virus. Right. It's just so it's a flu virus to, that... Yeah, adapted differently. That if the elderly, normally if they were to catch a flu, they would be displaying similar symptoms. Yeah. Uh, but if you do get the flu jab, it's not going to be effective on the no, coronavirus. The point to be made with that point as well is that flu is killing off the elderly. Yeah, that's my, that's yeah. the bigger point. That's the point that I think <laughs> regarding that question where it's alluding to that causing damage. Yeah. And we don't have such hysteria about flu. We should be doing the same thing about flu and uprooting flu because it's killing people as well. If you ask me personally, I know what's asking me, so hey. I know. No, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm just thinking about the next one. I'm like, no, you're right. I think it's a conversation about flu, probably. And maybe the vulnerable members of a society, like the elderly. Yeah. The children as well. I mean, what I could do, definitely on the next episode, we can get the figures in terms of flu, how it's affected the population, Mm. car crashes, STIs, and then we can compare that to the coronavirus. And Let's you can do see that. Basically, the impact, as in, is it really as bad as people might be saying? Yes. In comparison to all the other existing things, and are they worth all of the risks and the measures you're taking? Should you actually be watching the road more carefully because you're more likely to get run run over? 
Yeah. It? Perspectives, different views, one, one voice. voice. No, it's true, yeah. Um, so so just, just, just to clarify, in terms of from the 12th of March 2020, there has been over 139,000 reported cases around the world of the coronavirus. Of those 139,000, 51% of people have recovered as in fully clear, the virus is gone. 4% um, have died. And 45% is still ongoing, basically. Um, so we, we don't know what the outcome is yet. So in terms of actual closed cases where someone has recovered or died from it, you'll find it's a 93% um, mm. recovery rate. At the what, moment, what would be interesting is again maybe we can do some more research. Isn't that for the ongoing? What what population? Like what group are they? Are they the elderly? Are they do they have a weak immune system, etc., etc.? Does it say that? Yeah. So we got the statistics on the side here, which talks about all in terms of all confirmed cases. Twenty-one percent are of the age eighty and above. Right. Or and, confirmed cases. Yeah, or confirmed Where cases. Where from? If you go to the top the, paragraph... Yeah, I see that. I see it, I see it, I see it. Yeah. Death oh, this is the cases. death rate. Yeah. Yeah, this is the death, rate. the death rate. So this is the people that have died from the coronavirus. So it's a bit different from what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so people that have died from the coronavirus, 20% um, have been over the age of 80. 8% have been between 70 to 79, mm. 3% 60 to 69. So basically anything below the age of 50, you're looking at 0.4% mm. of people that actually die from it, which is very, very low. Very low. Extremely low. Extremely low. Extremely low. Yeah, with how it's being spoken about. Yeah, with with, with exactly. <laughs> with Wait, can you say that figure again? Yeah, so zero point four percent. Wow. Of the people that have actually died from the coronavirus have been under the age of fifty. Just looking at that table, what's the difference between death rate confirmed cases and death rate all cases? Because for the eighty plus, there's two figures there. The yeah. confirmed cases is twenty one percent, but all cases is fourteen point eight percent. What does that? I'm not sure what they mean by that. Yeah. By that figure. 0.1, did you say? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, so, so for the people in that bracket, which is what? I don't know, what, 30 to 39 kind of stuff? Yeah. No, what, 0.2? Yeah, 0.2. chance of first actually being infected by it and actually dying. And then so actually, actually dying, dying yeah. It. It's 0.2%. So I think, yeah, that's, a, that's wow, <laughs> that's a lot. Not a lot, as in, that's, that's like... Nothing. That's a revelation, yeah. That's nothing. And I think, yeah, that's nothing. I'm not saying that it makes it good, but I'm saying maybe we need to compare that stat to all of the other risks for you to know how you should be moving about, yeah. isn't it? Oh, that's really yeah. relevant. And is that a normal, not a normal rate, but like how many of them, you know, would have had cancer maybe? You so know? I'm just going to touch on Do you know what I mean? Looking, looking so at the further down, bottom, down. Okay. when you're looking at the pre-existing condition, right. you have cardiovascular disease, you have a 13.2% chance 
that's what I'm saying here with this confirmed cases and all cases. Mm. Oh, actually, so this is comparing it to if you had this anyway without having coronavirus. What does that mean? So you know the death rate confirmed cases and death rate all cases? Yeah. What's the difference between the two? I don't know. Would one be without coronavirus and one is with coronavirus? I don't understand how... Yeah, but then without it would be relevant. No, but it still paints a oh, picture, yeah. though, of, of people that have cancer, their chances of survival, or how many people okay, die from yeah. yeah, that's something. That, that still makes sense. That's yeah. still relevant. Because it's, yeah. it's an age-related thing yeah. as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's saying cardiovascular. I don't know what column to read from, but I'll go with the confirmed cases. Yeah. Uh, where it says 13.2 with someone with a cardiovascular disease. Diabetes is 9.2. They're quite high, actually. Yeah, they're quite um, high. Chronic mm-hmm. respiratory disease, 8%. Hypertension, 8.4. Cancer is 7.6. And if you have no pre-existing condition, it says 0.9. Yeah, so these percentages are based on people that have actually died from the coronavirus. And you are most likely in the 80-plus bracket. No, no, no. This is no. for the those that have died and have had a pre-existing condition. Okay. Yeah. So what they've found is that when they've looked at all the people that have died from the coronavirus they found that 12% of them had... No, 13% had a cardiovascular disease. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 9% had diabetes. Um, but, but it doesn't say their age, though. That's strange for me. I think with this, it's irrelevant of their age. If you've got that condition, it actually doesn't matter yeah. how old or how young you are, right. it's going to affect you in that same way. Mm. Right, OK, I get it. Yeah. I get it, I get so, it. So it's more drawing caution to those that, right. yes, you may not be over 50 or over 70, but if you've got these conditions, then your symptoms yeah. are either going to be worse. Yeah, because mm. it goes back up to this mm. stuff, isn't it? So if you're between 30 and 39, it's 0.2% chance. Mm. Just know that if you do have a vas- cardiovascular disease, that jumps up to 13.2% yeah. chance of you actually right. dying from it, kind yeah. of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so it kind of... I guess, for me, this... What my interest in... Uh, what my yeah, interest is in is all this is... Do we believe it's a knee-jerk reaction? Just looking across board, mm. China, Italy, and looking at the UK, it's like, if we believe it's a knee-jerk reaction, then what should the government be doing? And when does it, because from the, what I've read about, it feels like in the UK especially, it's in this, if you want to call it infancy, because yeah, it's not widely spread at the moment. So in regards to certain decisions that the government is making, with the advice, advices to the governors, it's more they're making those decisions because this is where we are now. Yeah. Whereas if that was to rapidly increase, they might make different kind of decisions. So I wonder what you guys think about, even if it does rapidly increase, what kind of decision we feel like, should be made in order to control this whole fear and these kind of stuff that's going on at the moment? So for me personally, I have a more... I would say it's generally not as cautious as most, only in the sense whereby I'm not scared to catch the cold or the flu or anything like that because I know I'll be sick for a week or two, bump up my vitamin C, be in bed or whatever, and then I'll be fine if you get what I mean. So that's how I kind of feel about coronavirus. Let's say I do get it. I feel like I might be feeling a bit poorly for a while, but I'm going to be fine after that, if you get what I mean. But then I don't want to be irresponsible in the sense whereby, yes, it may not affect me so much, 
there may be people around me that might be more vulnerable towards it mm. who I wouldn't want to catch it in the first place, mm. if you get what I mean. Mm. But then I feel the advice given to protect yourself from it is genuinely everyday normal hygiene that I feel I practice already. So it's not like I'm having to change or do anything more or extra, really. And I genuinely feel society should be acting in that way already. Mm. Yes, the reality is most people aren't that hygienic, but it's just adding on more hygienic measures that shouldn't cause such big, massive knee-jerk reactions like bulk buying and, you know, this whole hysteria of no food in shopping markets or mm. everybody staying at home and self-isolating, mm. people not showing up to work because they don't want this risk of catching something that may not genuinely devastate them to the effect that they're being perceived or being told it will, especially if you're a person that is under 70 and in good health, if you get mm. what I mean. I don't feel there should be any reason why you should be hiding from the world and self-isolating if you don't have anybody in your home that would be vulnerable or anyone around you. Hmm. What do you no, think? I agree. I agree. I, I definitely agree with the... I, I don't think that we should be self-isolating at all. I think, I think, I think it's highly problematic to self-isolate. Um, firstly, because you're, you're kind of... In order to protect your physical health, you're going to massively increase your mental health, I think. If you're alone all the time, do you know what that does to your brain? I think a lot of social psychologists have made um, experiments on this about solitary confinements in prison. Mm. Even that, that's advised for what? I think in some countries it's like a maximum of 24 hours. Some countries it's like a couple of days. Um, what was that Netflix? Uh, Khalifa Brown. Yeah. Remember, and he was isolated for the longest time for so long, months on end, and developed depression and despair. Um, really sad to the point where even by the time he got out after all of the fighting, he committed suicide. Yeah, so I think that we should be talking about mental health as well, um, but... because I, I'm not saying that it's invalid to talk about our physical health, but I do think the two are connected. And I think what happens when you self-isolate and you don't exercise and you don't get to move around and eat the right food and you're stressing all the time and you're worrying, what happens to your immune system? Hmm. It goes down. It goes down. So you've just made more yourself vulnerable. more vulnerable. And then on a human rights perspective, what happens when people th you've been self-isolating for so long that everyone's convinced you've got it, you try to go out and you're stigmatised, no-one's trying to be around you. Everyone's like, they've got it, they've got it, they've got it. Some people that already had prejudiced ideas become even more racist to you, they start abusing you, slurs, etc., mm. etc. Yeah. You're trying to buy food and you're like, oh no, that's imported from there, where do I get this from? Da -da -da -da. You know, or for those who are self-isolating as a family and you're saying, don't touch me, don't kiss me, don't do this, you lot are going to have intimacy issues, yeah? And the stress and the anxiety that does, that could eventually lead to family breakdown. You don't want to be at home now. What, what happens to the young person that don't want to be at home and he can't be at school at his youth club? And they need to get money because, you know, dad is not making enough money because he's not going to work. Where is he going to go? What, mm. is he going to go out the streets and make money how he knows? So I'm trying to think about, I'm not disagreeing with the points, but I, I'm also just saying, look, Let's look at the bigger picture. And I think, you know, maybe this thing of 
am I a carrier? Am I not a carrier? Who am I going to lead on to? Who is vulnerable? Maybe speak to those people who are vulnerable and ask them what they want. I think we haven't, we haven't spoken about that. Yeah, think... Because one thing I've learned, you know, from just, you know, life experience and unfortunately having lost a parent to cancer is that, you know, when elderly or vulnerable people or whoever we want to categorise in, in, in that group, disabled people um, have no people to advocate for them and they have to listen to expert advice and be by themselves most of the time, you know. Um, but there may be their, their wishes to be with family. Maybe they want intimacy. Maybe there are certain connections that people want to have, you know? And I think before we start do, taking on all of those precautions, you know, let's care about each other and listen to each other and maybe, you know, not pitch ourselves generationally against each other because then when young people are seen as, or children are seen as carriers, they're stigmatised and now they can't go and see grandma. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying just think about the, the long-term implication of it because we could be growing up with a generation of young people that are traumatised from all of this. Yeah, no. And I think that's very, very, very close to happening. Well, I think, I think it's a very difficult decision, especially with some of the stuff that you said, it? because it's, it's almost like dumb if you do, dumb if you don't, because the people, so you could say that people with underlying health conditions, and I guess when we talk about self-isolation, yeah, we're not talking about a prison-style self-isolation. Mm. Uh, the, well, they've, they've got TV, they've got, they've got social uh, you media, You can still come out, phone down calls. Got TV in prison. They have TV in prison, but it's not self-isolation as in you don't have any contact with anyone. Mm. One point that you didn't make, it could be a whole family that's in the house. Obviously, I've said that my wife is not kissing me anyway, so... Oh, but I, 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 I just want to highlight one yeah, thing: when you've got them people that are self-isolating, but then everyone in their house is still going out and stuff. What's the point? I don't think it works. But the only thing I would like to say is that the self-isolation. You come from the outside. Wash your hands. The self-isolation should not just be on the levels of what you guys have said, because that's the extreme levels. Yeah. of just, just you being in your house. I'm saying that there are certain groups that if you were to impose self-isolation, that would be the case for them. And yeah. as I said, from my background and working in those kind of environments, I know that there are families or there, there are the elderly that their whole family even lives in Australia. They're the only ones here. They live in the house by themselves. So if now you're saying that we don't have any transportation system for you, so you need to stay in the house, they will literally be in the house by themselves and that's, no one's yeah. going to check on them. It's so that's bad. definitely, definitely something that we need to bear in mind. But I, th I feel like, as I was saying, in this, in this kind of thing, because the people that might have underlying health conditions or the elderly, you need to find a way of protecting them. But then but you, you also need to find a way of not isolating them by you, mm. whatever that protection is meant to look like, that kind of stuff. Because you don't want to expose them to having... Um, the coronavirus, which could be exposure, could be, as you said, with some of the kids. But then at the same point, the whole point of living, I could only imagine if I had grandchildren, I want to see my grandchildren. What's the point of life if I don't have this kind mm. of connection with people? Mm. So it's a very difficult kind of, kind of moment um, that we are kind of in, um, I would say. Mm. Yeah. So, so um, I get what so, you're So saying. you guys are saying that regardless of how high-end this gets, let everyone just wash your hands. Just go about your normal business. No, but then there's also that's what, the, 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 that's there's what also. You guys are saying. I'm I'm not saying that in a sense whereby 
it's not there's the element of increasing your vitamin C so bro I didn't see anywhere in the stuff that you said anything about vitamin C mate yeah I know so, so let's, immune let's, system let's, yeah. we spoke about immune system yeah, no? so we spoke there, about increasing your immune your, system your, your self health the health of your physical body mm. in the sense that you need to increase your vitamin C you need to Bro, increase I don't want to spread what, what I'm saying here I'm not disputing the whole element of vitamin C and what that does to your immune system and all mm. those kind of stuff but if you want to base this conversation on facts and myths then you need to base it on the facts that we found about this and what you need to be doing yeah. rather than what you personally feel like someone needs to be doing in order to boost the immune system because mm. there are myths here when I go on the BBC people are talking about eating garlic I'm not gonna lie. Me, come, me, 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 my friends are talking about this. Okay, so not so, straight, but just general, okay. not just general things you do back home that you know that when you have a cold, yeah, you have you have ginger in it. Like but, but, you have not, you have no, but you have ginger. You have what? You have your lime and da da da. And you know the the things because what's happening is that everyone's rushing to the supermarkets buying antibiotics, all these these things. And so the poor, like not the poor, but the ones that don't rush, have to think of different ways. All, all I'm saying here is that when we talk about myths, fake news and all those kind of stuff, some of it comes from culture, but then what do you qualify something being a myth? If, if because you haven't seen it work, doesn't mean it doesn't work. And that's the stuff of a lot of our culture and tradition. There are yeah. some medicines that we do and we know it works, but to the outside world, to the Western world, yeah. this is not proven. So that's a myth and all those kind of stuff. Mm. But if, So it depends on what type of conversation we want to have. Yeah. Yeah. If we're just talking about conversation, just based but on what these so-called scientists and the people that know this. Yeah. And also, the point to make here is that there's a lot of unknown about this. So a lot mm-hmm. of these things that you guys are saying could be actually what saves you. But no one knows yet because no one's taking those and then reported back to say, I had it and I've taken this and now it's working or whatever not. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of myths about garlic, something called mir- miracle minerals, um, whatever that these people are talking about. There's also something about making doing a homemade kind of hand sanitizer with alcohol, but then those hand sanitizers, they say the ones that you're meant to be using should have a content of 60 to 70%. Normally, when you buy alcohol, normally it's about, what, 40% and kind of mm. thing. So you're not really making any kind of homemade sanitizers anyway. Drinkable silver, which I've never heard before. But then there was this stuff doing the rounds on Facebook and WhatsApp about drinking water every 15 minutes. I'm not sure if you guys came across it, but I read something about this Japanese scientist that... <laughs> go on, open that water. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> your throat. Apparently, when you drink the water, if you have, like, coronavirus, because it comes through your respiratory kind of glands, then it pushes it down to your stomach, and then it can't deal with... Because your stomach is acidic. Yeah. That, that then kills it off. So there is all those kind of stuff about heat and not avoiding ice cream and all these kind of stuff. <laughs> so I'm just saying that by that same token... For us now to be talking about people taking vitamin C and stuff like that is part of those, if you want to qualify as a myth kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. Okay. No, I hear that. I, I get your point in that. I get your point in that. Perspectives, different views, one voice. Um, I think mainly then in that sense it's more in terms of, one, I'm not scared. I think the whole fear mm. of it killing me. I personally am not scared of dying from coronavirus. <laughs> Um, Speaking with your chest, and, and that's just me just saying that because um, of under the vulnerable ages, and I don't have any pre-existing Are you sure you're not conditions. That because of that, though, because sometimes if we're not, if we're not within that group, it's easy for us to just qualify by saying, "Oh, you know, I'm not scared by it," because we know that we don't have any underlying conditions. But I also think, but I also think, look, you can't keep fearing the unknown. 
Like, yeah. what does that do to your psyche? Rob, like, you are driving yourself mad because we don't know anything 100% for yeah. sure. That's mm. a beautiful metaphor for life. I love that. Do you get it? So it's like... This, the ultimate choice is, do you want to live your life out of fear? Do you want to live it out of love? If you want to live it out of love, yeah, then you, you, you be joyful. But love Stop. Huh? Love could kill you. That's fear. But the thing is, it's, it's, it's an educated decision. As in, in terms of the information out there, it clearly shows that. Do, do, do you know why I even say that? Because in my team, so in my team at work, I know that there is someone that has underlying health conditions. Yeah. So even though I am like this and I don't, I'm indifferent, I still go about my daily life. I just said to them that, you know what? With your underlying health conditions, it might be best if you start working from home. And I actually said to him that he's open to take that decision if he wants. I'll support him yeah. with that. And I'm only saying that because... I know I'm not really fearful of it and I don't have none of these conditions. Yeah. So it's fine for me to say that. But I know on the other hand, for you that has that, your thought process might be totally different. Yeah. And I must say, if I did have some of these underlying health conditions, I might not be here talking about it like this. Yeah. And, yeah, and I this hear that. is all That's I'm real. saying. That yeah. Sometimes when we're not in that position, it's easy for us to pass on certain stuff because we're not in that position. Yeah. But I always have to understand from someone else's um, standpoint and their condition yeah, and environment, that. how you yeah. need to support them in order yeah. for them to actually... But, yeah. And I would say in that case, maybe say, look, what type of support would you want? Do you want social support? Do you want people to come check on you? Do you want this? Because I think I fully agree that if people, if you are aware of something and there are some ex- uh, conditions and stuff, I think you could say, look, this could be it. But I also think that we need to provide an alternative. Definitely. And right now, I don't think that we're having that there's a bit of that conversation, but I don't think it's happening enough. And I think sometimes, because as professionals of health and da da da, even in in that suggestion, which I think is coming from a good place, um, you know, could trigger a lot of worry and yes. etc. on the person because this person suggested that should I be? And I'm saying that from a from a perspective of you know someone that's had anxiety or whatever before. So like now, when I'm seeing it played out everywhere. I'm like, okay, um, let's think about this and let's think about how far it goes because, um, yeah, like, you can work from home, but how long are you going to work from home for, innit? Perspectives, different views, one voice. So how would you guys close it off then? What's your thoughts on the coronavirus and if it's overhyped? Yeah, I definitely feel like it's overhyped because for me, I, I consider the... And I, I can't say the death rate because that's, that's a bit bad. But I'm looking at the impact this is having on us and also other things that is already out there already, like the flu. And I think you even mentioned how many people are dying in car accidents and all these kind of stuff. Generally, that I, in our life, as we see it, there are a lot of stuff happening. And I would say that if we're treating coronavirus to that kind of level of attention that we're giving it, then I feel, I feel like the flu needs to be given the same level of attention because if you look at a seasonally flu, that's killed people, that's killed the elderly, mm. season in, season out, even with the jab or without the jab. Um, so I feel like, yeah, we need to come and come back to basis to actually really understand what's really happening. And first of all, those conversations, um, as um, Minera mention in regards to the social impact the social element the connection that that's going to have i feel like that has to be at the top of every conversation regarding any decision that's being made because it's those elements as human beings those are the stuff that we value more i personally Mm. value that more i Mm. value meeting people and having a conversation rather than Mm. having a conversation over the phone Mm. so 
I might have friends that I might not have much conversations over the phone because I literally just, I'd rather see you. Mm. Like, there's nothing like seeing someone's expression when you're talking to them. Mm. There's nothing like having that, yes, you see. So I feel like those conversations are being had without really analysing that there's those social impacts that could have. And obviously for myself, I have a family. So even if there's some sort of self-isolation, I still have my kids and my wife. But as we've mentioned before, there are certain people that when if you are going to impose this on a national scale... They will literally just be in their house by themselves without no support. And I also feel like if people are making decisions to self-isolate now, then you need to, and I've said this to so many different people that have taken this, and I must say that on this podcast, we have two other members that have taken a decision to self-isolate. And I can understand from their personal circumstances why they might want to take those decisions. But one thing I have said to them, though, is that if you are self-isolating, then make sure that you're not going to work. You're not jumping on government transport. Like, literally, it should just be you and whoever is in your house that you trust not to have the coronavirus. And you should even be getting food that, that, that's being um, delivered to your house. And even when it's delivered, make sure that the person that's delivering it doesn't have it because then you could pass it on. There's so many different things that you need to do. And I feel like at this specific point, to be self-isolating without everything else around you it's pointless. It's what I would say, and that's what I've, I've, I've always believed in. So, yeah, I feel like it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. In regards to if it's, if we get to a level where there's more people um, having it, what decisions need to be made, I don't really know what is right and what is wrong regarding a self-imposing kind of everyone works, stay at home for two weeks, whether that's right or whether that's wrong. But I do feel like in general, as a government, who, who you're meant to be looking after people you're meant to make a certain decision to give some sort of assurance that they are doing something about it. Whatever that assurance looks like, I don't know. Mm. But I just mm. feel that in general. No, I hear that. I was almost tempted to be to just be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, and yeah, I don't do that a lot. But I think I, I totally like I agree with that. I think for me, you know, we talk about the government, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and I think this is a time for us to perform some of the roles that we say that we say we don't trust them from the government. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? I think, you know, why do we wait for them to care? Can't we care? Like, this is almost a chance to create a society that we've wanted. And I think for those people, I can respect people's decisions and journeys. So if you feel like you have to isolate to a certain extent, cool, but I'm not going to lie, part of me is going to be like, once we're having a conversation, once we start having a conversation about the collective, I'm not going to listen to you as much. That's my stance. Yeah? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's it. What do you mean? No, because you showed it, innit? Yeah, because this conversation really is about individualism yeah. or, like, not necessarily some version of socialism, yeah? Like, do you believe in the individual and you're above and sometimes individual and your family? Yeah, that's still an individualistic outlook. Yeah, and, and hoarding and this and greed and da 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 da. If you believe in that in this extreme, then that's how society's gonna go. Do you believe in being social and supporting each other and helping each other and caring and that we fundamentally, as humans, are social creatures? Mm -hmm. Then that's how the society is gonna go. That's really what I think right now. Um, yeah. And so what I would say is let's, let's, and science and maths and all that, that's, it's important, it's interesting, but we have an, uh, an opportunity to have a broader social conversation and let's respect each other and support each other. Um, 
and just don't buy up all the stocks and the toilet paper and then and shy on the streets. What's going on like there's no other ways of cleaning yourself? It's not such a big deal. Like if you're thinking of Armageddon, toilet paper should be the last one on your list. Like personally, if you ask me, you have water. Like don't let me pay a water for your boy you have water in it. Come on, man. Jesus, talk about food, but toilet paper, I don't know who put that out there anyway. Yeah. I, it's not my wrapping up. I don't know. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the coronavirus is is a crazy hysteria at the moment. Um, I feel, yeah, it's definitely overhyped. Um, I think for me, personally, I, I feel it's, I don't know. I feel that definitely I'm not too sensitive or hypersensitive over it in that sense. But at the same time, I am respectful of those around me in my community. So, yes, I may be carrying on as normal, but obviously being hygi- as, as hygienic as possible in that sense. Um, I am also cautious in terms of the vulnerability of those around me and the effect it could have on others. Um, so I, I'm, I'm more happy to follow a general set of rules and guidelines which other peoples might want to impose. So let's say if someone I'm coming to says, oh, look, before you come, can you sanitise the whole area in which you sit in or whatever, and then before you leave, you do the same way. Correct. I'm more than happy to do yeah. that. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to be that's gonna, one that's mm. going to fuss or anything. Mm. Cool, fine. If this is what makes you feel comfortable or better, mm. then I'm happy to do mm. all those sort of things. And even suggest it, if you may not be thinking of it, I'll be happy to say, all right, cool, I'm coming over, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do such and such for your peace of mind and comfort, which is fine with me. And I just feel that everyone who may be in the more relaxed kind of mentality towards it, if they have that kind of mentality towards those that might be a bit more sensitive to it or Mm -hmm. in fear... Then I feel there can be some common ground in terms mm. of how we communicate and socialize amongst each other, mm. which should then bring down the whole hysteria element Definitely. to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I just feel definitely be mindful of the information you might be getting from the news, the media, and whatever, and kind of analyze things a little bit more from what you're, is, you're being told and being fed. Mm. Um, and don't believe all the mad reactional um, behaviours that people might have so people shouting out that it's airborne the whole face mask this blah 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 just look it up read it up a bit more say again sorry I'm only messing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Um, look it up read more and I, I just thought everyone will be in a better place. Mm. But one thing, sense. just to add to mm. that though, the last thing I will say though is that we need to see the role that we play in our community. So for instance, if there are elderly people around you, you need to try to maybe see how we could support them better. Even if we have friends that might mm. be self-isolating because of their own um, kind of condition or their environment mm. or whatever that they're in, we need to try to see how we could actually support them through mm. that. Um, because it could be maybe we pick up some shopping for them or whatever it is, whatever way that... We're the ones that we feel like we're fighting this and we don't mind if we die. Right? We need to pay yeah. our dues to the people that might be more arrested this as well. So I feel like everyone that's listening, 
we need to start more thinking along those kind of ideas, which comes to the social kind of connection that you mentioned as well. I think that's very, 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 very important. Yeah, and I just want to add to also be respectful of those self-isolating that may not want to say that they have a severe or critical yeah. condition. Yeah. Because sometimes you might have it, but and you might not want to disclose, yeah, you might not want to disclose that. Yeah, and you true. just need to be yeah. respectful that, exactly. look, they're that's doing this for a, reason. for a reason. And just yeah. respect that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, and I think that's real. I'm not like, that's before I was like, you're so fascinated. But, you know, I, I, definitely there are, there, and I, I think confidentiality uh, yeah. is really important in this. Um, I didn't mention it before, but I guess when I spoke about the stigma, I was kind of alluding to that as well. Like, mm. the everyone has the right to confidentiality, yeah. I think. And maybe the broader role, because I think it's still a social conversation, but maybe the, the in-between from what both of you are saying and what I'm saying as well is how do we reassure, Yeah. right? Yeah. And sometimes that might be in a social form, as we had the big conversation about, and sometimes it might be hygienic, and they're saying, can you do this? And that's one way to reassure. And sometimes it might be, you know, saying to a young person, a child or a young person, it's okay as long as you wash your hands. Hmm. No one's going to, like, you're not going to die. Yeah. And I think that's important as well that we're responsible for them and they're not thinking, ah, don't exactly. <laughs> no, I agree. All right, well, thank you for everyone for the conversation today. Um, as, as always, um, if anyone has any thoughts or wants to express their feelings on the coronavirus, please do share with us on our social media platforms. And um, we hope to speak to you all too. And if you need any help, call your doctor and seek professional medical advice. Okay. And if you live in your neighborhood, you need help shopping, just pay me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cheers. Bye. Perspectives, different views, one One voice. voice.